Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part two of his teaching, 2020, the year of forward vision. Hey, I wanted to share with you something that uh, is just a really amusing and also wonderful. You know, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we believe in, you know, having your own prayer language that the Lord gives you to pray the will of God, the perfect will of God. And, uh, you know, I pray in the Spirit often, and Wednesday night we were here at, uh, no, it was Tuesday night, we, we had a few people that wanted to come and pray in the new year, and it was kind of a last-minute thing, so there were some of us that just gathered here, and we were praying in the Spirit. And my son-in-law, Joe, who speaks conversational Spanish, uh, said, you you kept slipping into Spanish, speaking it and singing it in four distinct phrases, which he wrote down in Spanish for me, and I got him at the house. So that's about the fourth time that that's happened to me. People have told me, I heard you speak in French. I heard you speak in Spanish. Other times somebody told me that you were speaking Spanish in a Puerto Rican dialect. You know, so that's just the wonder of God, you know. Uh, the Bible says there will be diversities of tongues. There's just different ways that this gift manifests, and it's just so cool to be a part of that. So I had no idea that I was speaking in Spanish or French or whatever. I had another man tell me you were speaking Latin. I'm like, I, you know, I took two years of high school Latin, but <laughs> I assure you I can't speak Latin. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so then I was praying, preparing for service yesterday morning. I spent, you know, about an hour, hour and a half or so in the word, in worship, and I had an extended time of praying and singing in the spirit. And right in the middle, all of a sudden, I heard myself say, Como esta, loco? And uh, <laughs> I stopped and said, wait a minute, I know what that means. <laughs> I said, what's up, crazy? You know, I said, Holy Spirit, are you telling me I'm crazy? I wear it as a badge of honor. I'm crazy for you. Amen. I'm crazy for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Is that right, Lucas? Did I get that right? Is that pretty close to... What's up, crazy? Yeah. All right. Luke is from uh, Costa Rica, so he, you know, he's my Spanish go-to guy. Hallelujah. You know, last week we talked about some of the things the Lord has shown me for the coming year, 2020, and we called it 2020, the year of forward vision, and this will be part two. Amen? And in that message, I presented an outline of what I call Vision concepts that I believe will help us prepare for the coming year, 2020. And I felt impressed of the Lord to use that outline and take a couple of weeks and explore in more depth some of those vision concepts that we discussed last week that I couldn't go into as much detail as I would have liked. So this week, I want to begin by delving a little deeper into the concept of hindsight. Amen. You know. We talked about how the term 2020 is a medical term that expresses uh, that someone has excellent vision. Amen. 2020 is good vision. You know, 2017 is even better. Amen. I remember in my flying days, I had 2017 vision for the whole 30 years that I flew. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless me with good vision. But how many know that 2020 can also be used to describe a type of vision that goes beyond what you can see with your natural eye? You know, things like prophetic vision, seeing through the eye of faith, or learning from your past mistakes and experiences. Amen. That's a different kind of vision. And so it gives rise to the buzz phrase that we're all familiar with. Hindsight is 2020. Amen. What it means is if we could have known what we know now and see 
even what we see now, back then, we wouldn't have done some things a certain way. We wouldn't have made the mistakes we made. We wouldn't have taken the wrong path. Amen. We would have known better. Amen. So I turned that around and the Lord said, why don't you say it like this? 2020 is not the year of hindsight. It's not the year of looking back. It is the year of looking forward. Amen. I know it sounds cliched, but it's very, very true. We need to look forward to the promises that God has promised us in the year 2020 and beyond. Amen. You know, last week we read from Philippians 3, 13 through 16, which sort of opened up this whole concept of forgetting the past and pressing on into the future. And I want to revisit that passage, but I really want to zero in on verse 13 and 14. Amen. And it goes like this in the Amplified Classic Version. Paul says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Amen. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Did you know you have a calling and that calling will eventually take you upward? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to spend some time talking about verse 13 and 14 and dissecting it a little bit and bringing some things out that I think are very interesting and very, very profound and can be applied to our lives as, as we enter 2020 and beyond. Amen. Paul was saying, I haven't captured the perfection that I'm striving for yet when it comes to my walk with the Lord. I'm not there yet. But one thing I will do is I will forget the mistakes of my past and I will press on into my future. Amen. Isn't that right? You know, it sounds so easy when you say it, but it's not that easy to do in real life, is it? It takes effort to forget the past and press on into the future. But we need to apply the effort because, listen, as long as you keep looking back, you'll never be able to move forward. Anybody ever tried to run a race? In one direction by looking in the other? It doesn't work. If you're running on a track, eventually you're going to run off the track if all you do is look back. You got to look forward. Amen. Hallelujah. One thing I do, he said, it is my one aspiration. I challenge you this morning in 2020, make it your one aspiration to forget the mistakes and the pain of your past. Would you do that? Make it your one aspiration that you're going to strive forward. You're going to look forward and not look back. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If I'm ever going to move forward, Paul says, I have to quit looking back at the negative things in my past. I'm going to have to leave some things behind. Everybody in here has things that you need to leave behind. Amen. Isn't that true? Did you know that before Paul was converted, he was a savage persecutor of the church? He held the cloaks of those that stoned Stephen to death, the first martyr. A young man they think was around 29 or 30 years of age, and he was preaching the word. He was proclaiming Jesus, and he was working miracles in the name of Jesus, and they rewarded him by stoning him, and Paul was in on it. And then Paul went around the country with the authority given him by the Sanhedrin, 
to throw men, women, and children in the dungeon because they worship Jesus as Lord. This was Paul's past, and even Paul said, listen, I have got to put that in the past, and i got to press forward to the calling of God on my life, and he's called me to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. So i got to press toward the prize of fulfilling that calling, amen? we got to put our past behind us, and we got to make a determined effort to do that. Because listen, your past will still try and talk to you. You remember when you did this. You remember when you made this mistake. You remember what a fool you made of yourself back then. You got to say, you know what, devil? I don't care what you throw up in my face. Jesus has a plan for my life. God has good things planned for me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he doesn't have plans of evil for me. He's got plans of good. He wants to give me a hope and a future, and I like the way the King James says it. He wants to give you an expected end. Amen. Listen, imagine how you dream that it will all turn out for your life. That's an expected end. The Lord said, if you'll believe me, you will get that expected end for your life. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Anyway, Paul had to forget all the mistakes he made in the past, how vigorously he persecuted the church, and focus on one thing. I am now called and anointed by God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. So don't worry about what you were. Concentrate on who you are in Christ and what he's called you to do. Amen. Because the mistakes of your past have no bearing and will not prevent what God has planned for your future. Amen. If they could, none of us would ever make it because we've all made mistakes. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 in the New King James Version. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. we got to camp there for a while, folks. I want to talk about the concept. Well, before I get that, let me, let me give you some background to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. The previous chapter in verse 11 is what many of us call the hall of fame of faith. Amen. It's a testimony of all the the patriarchs and the heroes of the faith that went before us in the old covenant. Amen. But they've all gone to glory. And verse 12 says, and this is an interesting concept. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he's referring to all those men and women that were referred to in chapter 11. And he's saying somehow, someway in glory, they have a portal and they can look down from time to time and they can see us running our race and they are rooting us on. Amen. I like that. I think that's cool. So let me read it again with that in mind. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, since they're watching us, since they're rooting for us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. I want to talk about weights. As you run your race, don't let the mistakes of your past weigh you down. Imagine running a race with weights strapped to your ankle. Now, I know some people do that on purpose. 
but that's a different story. You wouldn't get very far, and pretty soon you'd get wore out, especially if you're running a long-term marathon type of a race, amen? And believe it or not, folks, your race is not a sprint. It is a marathon. It lasts your entire life. So you got to run it with endurance without weight strapped to your ankles. So leave behind the mistakes of your past. Take those shackles off your legs and run free, amen? Don't let the missed opportunities, the times that you blew it, the times you missed it big, weigh you down. We talked about this last week. But there's something else that I really felt led to talk about this morning that you can add to that list that isn't discussed a lot in church, especially among us so-called word of faith preachers and teachers. Don't let what you perceive to be past faith failures Keep you from exercising your faith as you move into the future. Perhaps you prayed for someone and you prayed earnestly and they were sick and they never recovered. Or you believed God for a financial breakthrough that never came. You had to go get a loan at the bank. Or you believed God for a relationship to be restored and so far it hasn't manifested. Listen, we've all had things like that play out in our lives. Amen? We've all had what we perceive to be faith failures. But you can't let it stop you. You can't let it shipwreck your future faith. Amen? You got to put it behind you. Maybe you don't have all the answers. That's okay. Put it behind you. Amen? Hallelujah. Listen. You got to hold fast to the word of God regardless of what happened to you or what didn't happen in the past. Amen. You got to base your faith on the word of God alone, not on your experience or on any other person's experience. I like the way Bill Johnson puts it. You know, Psalm 138 two says God has exalted his word above his very name. So the word is up here. Our experience is down here. And instead of trying to pull our word level down to the level of our experience, we should be trying to pull our experience up to the level of the word. Amen. If you'll take that attitude into the future and stand on God's word, over time, your faith successes will far outweigh what you perceive to be faith failures. Amen. Isn't that comforting? I want to share some personal experiences. I've prayed for people who were sick and nothing happened. I've prayed for people who were terminal and they died. I had a friend in Corpus Christi when I was flying for the Marines. He was a fellow instructor pilot there at the base there at Naval Air Station Corpus Christi. And he had leukemia. And it was a very short battle, about six months, and they gave him chemotherapy. And over a six-month period, he was completely free of cancer. He was declared in remission. But his immune system was so depleted that one weekend he got a cold on Friday, which progressed to pneumonia by Saturday, and by Sunday he was dead. Now, I prayed for that man. 
And he left behind a beautiful wife and young children, and he died. Now, I could choose to dwell on that, or I can dwell on some of my faith successes. I also have two particular instances that always come to my mind when the devil tries to discourage me in what I call faith failures. I prayed for a lady in Linden, Alabama. She had golf ball-sized tumors in both of her breasts, one in each breast. I prayed for her. She was given up for dead. And did you know overnight after I prayed for her, both of those tumors shriveled up and disappeared as if they never existed? They had x-rays before and x-rays after. Uh, My faith buddy at our church there in Corpus Christi, his brother was in the Navy stationed in California. And he had golf ball-sized tumors, one in each of his lungs. So me and Greg, my faith buddy, we got on the phone. Mind you, we're thousands of miles from California. And over the phone, we prayed in the name of Jesus, and we cursed those tumors in Jesus' name. And did you know, overnight, those tumors shriveled up and disappeared? Listen, I choose to remember those things and not remember those other things. Amen. I'll remember them only concerning what I perceive or many of us perceive to be faith failures. I'll remember them only if there's a lesson to be learned in how I approached a certain situation. You know, maybe I didn't apply my faith properly or I didn't know all the facts of a certain situation. Not that we'll always have all the answers. Sometimes we won't. But we can't let those times discourage us from using our faith in the future. Amen? Oh, we'll never do anything for God. We'll just be driven by our circumstances and the mistakes of our past. We'll never be able to move into the future and do great and mighty things for God if we're always dwelling on what did or didn't happen in the past. So that's weights. You know, weights are not... They're not always sin. It could be an honest mistake. Maybe you went in a direction that you felt you were being led by the Lord and it turned out to be the wrong direction. It was an honest mistake. But it can still be a weight that you can, you can allow to weigh you down if you don't decide to put it behind you. Okay? I've got times like that when I was sure I heard from God. And guess what? I didn't hear from God. I just thought I heard from God. And it didn't turn out well. Amen? i got to leave those times behind me. Amen? i got to say, next time, Lord, I'm going to listen extra careful for your voice, and I'm going to hear the voice of the Spirit exactly. I'm going to say that, listen, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow, and I'm going to always be able to hear your voice. That's my declaration. That's my belief. Amen? But sins are a little different. You know when you've crossed the line. You know when you've violated the law of love. You know when you've sinned. Okay? But listen, even so, don't let the sins of your past torment you either. Amen. Paul says, don't let them ensnare you. Remember, if you're a believer, you are forgiven. And the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. That's a fact, Jack. 1 John 1, 9. Don't let past sins torment you. Not for a second. 
Paul says, don't let the sin that most easily trips you up. These are my words, my paraphrase, trip you up or entangle you. Imagine, if you will, trying to run a race and you've got the laces of your running shoes tied together. Needless to say, you wouldn't get very far before you tripped yourself up. Paul's saying, listen, untangle those laces, put them on right and run the race free of that in Jesus name. Put the weights behind you and untie your tennis shoes and tie them properly and run the race. Put the weights and the sins behind you, my friend. Verse 2, took us a while to get there. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. If you think you faced adversity, listen, if you think you faced opposition in this life, consider Jesus, who was opposed at every turn by the religious crowd of his day. Amen? His past was peppered with one distasteful episode after another, with people who despised him and said he was of the devil. Even after doing miracle after miracle after miracle, they refused to acknowledge that he was sent by God. I mean, even when he raised Lazarus from the dead, guess what their answer was? Well, we're going to kill Lazarus, so we destroy the testimony, then we're going to kill Jesus. Can you imagine the kind of mind that would have to come up with a plan like that? They were so seething with jealousy because the power of God was on Jesus. And eventually they tortured and crucified him. These are the people he created. These are the people he came to help. And they put him on a cross. But through it all, Jesus never lost faith. And he always exalted the word of God. As absolute truth. Even when things were not going well with him. For the joy that was set before him. He forgot the shame and the pain of the past. And he looked to the future that included you and me. What do I mean by that? It included you and me and every other believer that came to Christ through his death, burial, resurrection and ascension. He looked to you and me, and because of that, he was able to put in the past the pain and the shame and embraced the future and the joy that was in that future. Amen? Think about that. That's a lot to overcome. That's a lot to forgive. You think you could have hung on that cross naked in a public place and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You think you could have done that? I'm not sure I could have done that. I'm being honest with you. But Jesus did it for the joy that was set before him. And even we find out in the book of Acts that even those people that put him on the cross, he used them to form the church in Jerusalem. Imagine that. Only God could come up with an idea like that. I'm going to use the very people that call for my death and they're going to form the nucleus of the church at Jerusalem. Now that's God. Wow. How different he thinks than we do. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He embraced the joy of the future so he could forget the pain of his past. 
I'm urging you as a fellow believer, do the same thing that Jesus did. Embrace the joy of your future and it will enable you to forget the pain of your past. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 15 through 19 in the New Living Translation. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I call forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Think about that. All the power and the glory that was the Egyptian army was snuffed out like God going to a candle that was barely embering there on the wick. He just blew it out. So much for the power of man. So much for the strength of horses and chariots. They were no match for God. This is talking about when the Israelites had come out of captivity in Egypt. Just when they thought they were free, the enemy came in hot pursuit with the horses and chariots and all the strength of the Egyptian army. They had mountains on either side. They had the sea in front of them and the Egyptian army bearing down on them behind. It was a frightful situation. But the God of Israel dispensed with them in spectacular fashion. Amen. Opening the Red Sea for the Israelites to pass through and closing the sea on his enemies who tried to follow and pursue. Amen. That rhymed. I didn't mean it to, but it it rhymed. Amen. That's pretty cool. But listen, here's what Isaiah says. And this is so cool. Talking about what he did, the way he wasted the Egyptian army with no effort on his part. It was glorious and it was spectacular. And you know what he says? But forget all that. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Lord, my prayer for this church in 2020, open our eyes that we can see the things that you're already doing and also see the things that you're going to do in 2020 and the years beyond. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen, I want to talk about this whole concept here of new beginnings. That's what I believe God is saying here when he says, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. He's talking about new beginnings. New beginnings here in 2020. New beginnings here at Faith Life Fellowship. And there's both a pragmatic view and there's also a prophetic view of our new beginnings. And I want to share them with you real quickly. Let's talk about the pragmatic view of new beginnings. We're going to be making some changes to our order of service and the structure of our service here at Faith Life Fellowship. And we've already had several planning sessions, and we're going to have more. And we'll also be taking some bold moves in the area of technology and creativity, all of which are designed to be launch points for new beginnings for Faith Life Fellowship in the year 2020 and beyond. Amen. So stay tuned. We'll be rolling these out, and we'll be giving you more details as the time approaches. Then I want to talk about the prophetic view of new beginnings, the prophetic view of Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. One of the reasons I chose to read the New Living Translation 
of this passage is this. The King James Version says it like this. Remember not the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. But you know what? The New Living Translation says it a little different. But forget all that because it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Amen? It's a different way of saying it. I think it's a better way of saying it. Because if you read it in the King James Version, it gives you the impression that God doesn't want us to remember the good things in our past. And trust me, God wants you to remember the times he came through for you in the past. Amen. He wants you to remember the spectacular victories that you had, deliverance, all the times God came through for you. He wants you to remember those things. That's why I think the New Living Translation captures it perfectly. You get the sense that God is not saying we should forget the spectacular victories that we've experienced in the past, but realize that as spectacular as those victories were, they are nothing compared to the way that God will move for us in 2020 and beyond if we'll put our faith in Him and in His Word. Amen? They're nothing compared to what He has for us in the future. Listen, I've had some spectacular victories in my past. I've had some stunning victories victories in my past and God is telling me and I'm telling you listen that ain't nothing you ain't seen nothing yet as the country people say how many ready for something like that amen hallelujah I believe that some of the things that God has shown us in the spirit and some of the promises he's made in us will be fulfilled this year in 2020 even some that were spoken to you Years ago, dare I say it, decades ago. That's what will make them spectacular. Because they'll come to pass at a time when they seem absolutely impossible, absolutely out of reach, then God will go boom, and he'll move on your behalf, and that thing will come to pass that you believe God for years, and you'll just sit there and go, look what the Lord has done. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some of those suddenlies where things that, I mean dreams and visions and words that you've received from the Lord years, decades ago, that you've almost forgotten about. And God will awaken them in your spirit. And then, you know why he'll awaken them? Because he's ready to declare them. He's ready to see them come to pass. And boom, they come to pass. And you just sit there and wonder and say, God is good. God is able. God is wonderful. Whoo, glory to God. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. Amen. Not only will he bring us out of captivity, but he'll make roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's Bible speak. That's talking about doing the impossible. Roads in the wilderness, that speaks of making a way where there absolutely is no way. That's what that's talking about. Rivers in the desert, that's talking about an outpouring of God's Spirit into dry and waterless places. That's talking about taking hope where people have no hope. That's talking about getting people saved, filled, healed, and delivered. Amen. I'm looking for those roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. I'm looking for the impossible in 2020 and beyond. Would you believe with me for the impossible here at this church? Amen. Are you ready for that? Lord, be it unto us according to your word. Make a road in the desert and pour out rivers 
as well. Be it unto us according to your word, Lord. Be it unto us. New beginnings in 2020, the year of forward vision. Now, I'm going to cap this off by sharing a vision that I had in November. How many remember when Mark and Victoria Bolin came here? It was such a blessing. Anointed evangelist of God. Well, the Friday night before they came here to be with us, I had a vision. And in that vision, I saw Mark's wife, Victoria. She was swimming the breaststroke through the pages of a Bible. It was almost like the pages were water and she was swimming through them. And uh, it was the breaststroke. And so she swam a few strokes and then she turned and looked at me and she said, new beginnings, new beginnings. And then I come out of it. Later on, after church that Sunday, we took Mark and Victoria out to lunch and I shared that vision with her. She says, you didn't know that I swim regularly, did you? I said, no, I didn't. She said, you also didn't know that the only stroke I swim is the breaststroke. She said, you can take that to the bank. That's the word of the Lord to you. New beginnings, new beginnings. So I believe what the Lord showed me that day in November, that he had new beginnings coming for us in the coming year of 2020. That that visit by Mark and Victoria Boland to our church was a milestone. From that point forward, things were going to be different. There were going to be new beginnings springing forth here at Faith Life Fellowship. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you to hook your faith up with mine and believe God for new beginnings in the year 2020. Listen, new beginnings practically, new beginnings pragmatically, new beginnings prophetically. Amen. Be it unto us according to that vision, Lord. Be it unto us according to that vision. New beginnings, Lord. New beginnings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed part two of Dr. Forrest's message, 2020, the year of forward vision. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, 10.30 for worship and service, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for spirit-filled prayer. If you would like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at GoFaithLife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.